I'm Andrew Schweitzer, and you're listening to the Boxing for Free podcast. Uh, after the last podcast I made, I, uh, you know, did my usual stuff for the weekend, and when I went back to work the first night, uh, one of the supervisors, she looked at me, and she said, I know what you did on the weekend, and it's like, oh no, I thought those pictures, you know, I thought those pictures never made it to Facebook, and I thought the film had been deleted, but no, it turns out that uh, one of my coworkers actually found the Boxing for Free podcast, and despite her not knowing a lot about boxing, let's, you know, let's just be honest, tell the way it is, she was very intrigued, and so I've got a new fan at work, so not really very important in the overall scheme of things, but I just thought it'd be uh, worth putting that out there, so thanks, thank you, Janet, for listening in. Okay, now let's get on to some actual news, and it's the gift that keeps on giving, it's Oscar De La Hoya and his hypocrisy! Last night, or yesterday, whenever, I don't have ESPN, so I don't know when this aired, but Oscar De La Hoya appeared on ESPN's first take with Max Kellerman and Stephen A. Smith. They were discussing Bernard Hopkins' upcoming fight, his final fight against Joe Smith, but uh, Max Kellerman and Stephen A. Smith, they wanted to uh, ask De La Hoya some more important questions because, you know... Yes, this thing with Bernard is very important, but uh, why don't we talk about, you know, what we thought we were going to get in 2016 and what we didn't, and that's Canelo Alvarez versus Gennady Golovkin. I, I want to get to the, the Triple G Canelo stuff quickly. Um, <laughs> you, as a fighter, were promoted by Bob Arum brilliantly for much of your career, you know, your professional career, and you were undefeated and you were making a ton of money. And my read about what happened with you is you were hearing fans talking about, well, Oscar's not fighting this guy and Oscar's not fighting that guy. And you wrestled control of your own career. And then Oscar, you fought everybody. You mentioned the Hopkins fight. He was a middleweight. You weren't a middleweight. You were the money man. You didn't need Hopkins to make money. You could have made money with anybody. <laughs> You fought Bernard Hopkins. You fought Shane Mosley. You fought Felix Trinidad. You fought Ike Cortez. You fought everybody, Oscar, as a fighter. And now you're a promoter with a meal ticket like Canelo, as you were once a meal ticket for Bob Arum. Mm -hmm. And from where I'm sitting, it seems as though you are reluctant to risk your meal ticket in with a killer like Triple G. I should note that while... Max is saying all this. Oscar De La Hoya has this look of sheer uncomfortableness on his face. Like, I really don't want to be talking about this. I I hate you, Max, but I'm going to pretend to smile. Like, ha 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 ha. I am going along with what you're saying, but uh, I am very pissed off right now. No, no, no reluctancy whatsoever. Um, when I fought all those guys, I was already maybe 25, 26 years old. And guess what? Canelo is now 26 years old and he's ready to take on the best. I mean, look, Canelo has to um, go up to 160. He just cannot fight the best fighter at 160, uh, moving up from 154. Canelo is ready to fight Triple G in 2007 as long as Triple G signs the contract. That's it. Oh, here we go. The wonderful same old story of sign the contract. Just sign the contract. That's all we're waiting for. 
And thankfully, Max Kellerman is smart enough to see through this and jumps on Oscar about it right away. Isn't that like a, a tried and true strategy in boxing? You can always put poison pills in a contract or offer a guy a deal that he ain't going to take, and then one no, side or the other, it's, it's usually the ducking side, can say he didn't sign the deal? I have to disagree because it's a deal that is an incredible deal for both guys. So um, I'm being fair here. I'm being fair to the public. I'm being fair to the fans. This fight has to, must happen in 2017, and it will happen, believe me. Now he goes on and on about how great this deal is, how it's an incredibly fair deal, how it's wonderful, it's the best thing that Triple G will ever have up to this point in his career. And it makes me wonder, well, okay, why don't you tell us what it is exactly? What's the big secret? Because we're going to find out if and when the contracts do get signed. We're going to find out what he's going to be making. So why can't you tell us? If anything, you could use that as leverage. Say, okay, I'm offering you know $15 million, probably not that much, but just an example. Work with me here. I'm offering $15 million to Gennady Golovkin to fight... Uh, Canelo Alvarez, why don't uh, they sign the contract? And then, you know, that would actually put a little bit of pressure on Golovkin to, okay, sign the contract. $15 million, come on, that's nothing to shake a stick at. I don't know, like, what's the big deal? Just tell us what's in it, Oscar. Anyway, uh, then enters Stephen A. Smith, who has his own questions for Oscar. And again, these are very good questions. And you can tell Oscar is doing his damnedest to spin this the best way he can. Based on everything you just said, what the hell did you have uh, uh, Canelo Alvarez, Saul Canelo Alvarez, call Triple G into the ring after you knocked out Mr. Glassjaw <laughs> and undersized himself Amir Khan last May 7th. If, if you knew that y'all weren't ready to rumble that fall, why in God's name have Triple G come into the ring and tease us all into believing that was what we were going to see, to see next? You know what? It's a great question. And yeah, why have this guy come into the ring to tease a fight that's not going to happen yet? I mean, it would be fine if uh, Golovkin had a fight to get past first, and then we would know for certain the fight would be made, but no. He just invites him into the ring, and that's it. It's like, well, there's no fight, you know, and again, enter Oscar De La Hoya into the spin zone. I mean, that was out of my hands. Um, you know, fighters sometimes, uh, you know, they, they just, they're, they're weird. <laughs> that's the bottom line, and, uh, you know, um, it was out of my hands. Oh, that is such a, that was a bad spin, Oscar, a very bad spin. No, like, oh, uh, <laughs> uh, oh fighters are so weird sometimes. <laughs> no, that's not weird. He wanted to fight Golovkin. He wanted to fight Golovkin. And if anything, it makes it look like you are trying to protect him. Seriously, that's the only image that I get from this. That's the only takeaway that I get from that, is that, you know, okay, so... Oh, God. I, I think the stupidity might be giving me a brain aneurysm. Jesus Christ. Oh, okay, l l let's continue before I start getting a nosebleed. Uh, in 2017, uh, we want this fight to happen. Canelo wants it, I want it, the fans want it, and uh, like I said, look, 
We're offering uh, Triple G a fair contract, uh, more than fair contract, an incredible contract, and uh, we're hoping that September of 2017 this fight can happen. He was selling the contract more than he was selling the potential for a Golovkin uh, Canelo fight. It it is a uh, a fair contract, uh, uh, more than fair. Uh, it is an incredible contract. So again, why don't you tell us? what the details of that contract are. Is it because maybe they're less than fair? I don't know. Oh, it, it, it's funny. I might be some sort of masochist because this is so painful to my brain, but it, it just provides me with so much material. Thank you, Oscar. Like I said, you're the gift that keeps on giving. Triple G's whole thing is that, you know, I shouldn't have to lose weight, you know, go from 160 to 155 or whatever the case may be. If this guy is walking around calling himself a middleweight champion, that's one point. And if Canelo is... You never made catch weights, G, Oscar. You never made catch weights. You fought. But, but check it out. But check it out, Max. Oscar, if Canelo is so ready, why have your last two fights been against Amir Khan and Liam Smith? Uh, are you kidding me? That's what well, y'all... Come on now. Stephen A. Smith is having none of it. It's almost kind of like he's my avatar, almost. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I am so glad that they are holding Oscar De La Hoya's feet to the fire to this. And, uh, you know, he brings up the point of why why should, uh, like, Canelo, or sorry, uh, Golovkin doesn't want to uh, have to lose weight to come down to defend his middleweight title. That's incredibly stupid. The fight's at 160. That's where it should be held, not 158, 157. Uh, I'm sorry. My offer still stands, though, uh, if Canelo does make uh, catchweights. Like, again, I'm willing to pay a couple hundred dollars for somebody to make a catchweight queen parody song. Either way. But, uh, again, you, you can tell that Oscar is getting so uncomfortable by this. Yeah, I mean, look, Canelo, Canelo truly is a 54-pounder. No, he's not. Oscar, no, 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 no. Oh, you try so hard and can only get so far, but in the end, it doesn't even matter. Wait, did I just quote Linkin Park? Anyway, no, 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 Oscar. You, you are not doing this here. Not today. If Canelo is a true 154-pound fighter, like you say he is... Canelo truly is a 54-pounder. Why is it that his last fight against Liam Smith was the first time since 2013 that Canelo actually made 154 pounds? There's nothing wrong with the microphone. I, I'm, I'm just letting the silence kind of sink in so that maybe those of you who didn't know, that, that can actually kind of sink in. Like, oh yeah. Yeah, every fight that he's had since has been above 154 pounds. He's right. Of course I'm right. This is my show. Um, no. Come on, Oscar. You should try harder. If you know I'm listening, you better be trying harder. He can make the weight with no problem. Are you sure about that? Because if I recall, uh, he had some difficulty doing that against Alfredo Angulo. In fact, he actually had to pay Angulo more money so that the fight would go forward because he was going to come in over 154 pounds. 
the Arislandi Lara fight. He had to come in at 155 pounds. That was the agreed catch weight. James Kirkland. Oh, he tried so hard with James Kirkland. You know, gosh darn it. He really, really, really did try. But he still came in at 154 pounds. That was the agreed upon catch weight for the fight or whatever. Who cares? 154 pounds. Clearly, that's, or sorry, 154 and a half pounds. Guess what? Lose the half pounds. Sweat it out. Miguel Cotto, oh, well, you know, he's going to fight the middleweight champion of the world, and he comes in at 155 pounds. Somehow he ends up weighing more than the quote-unquote middleweight champion of the world at that time. Uh, Cotto was 153.5 pounds on fight night. But either way, 155 pounds again. Oh, well, the Amir Khan fight, well, surely oh no wait no he came in at 155 pounds again come on oscar if he can make the weight no problem like you say he does then why doesn't he it i i don't know could you please answer that for me i know you won't you block me on twitter so uh i i know that i can't reach you there but uh could somebody ask oscar that and Canelo and I and the team has decided that uh, for 2017, he will move up to middleweight, full-fledged middleweight, and fight the middleweight champions of the world. And that, that's including uh, uh, Triple G. At 160, you're saying? I am so glad that uh, Max Kellerman asked that. But then Oscar says what has to be the best line of the whole damn interview. And when I heard it, I, I actually exclaimed, What?! But, no, it's true, he he is starting to believe his own bullshit. At 160, you're saying? At 160, that's it. I okay, mean, there's there's no catch no, weights here. There's no catch weights here at Golden Boy Promotions. Oscar, this is I'm, I'm sorry, maybe it's the brain aneurysm, the oncoming brain aneurysm, but uh, can can we hear that again? There's no catch weights here at Golden Boy Promotions. Oh, come on. There's no catchweights at Golden Boy Promotions? Come on. People actually describe the 155-pound catchweight as Canelo weight, and you're going to say that Golden Boy Promotions has no catchweights? Come on, man. You gotta be f***ing kidding me. So anyway, it kind of goes on, and they, they talk about the Bernard Hopkins-Joe Smith Jr. fight, uh, and this being Hopkins' last fight, especially with him being 51 right now. Um, <clears throat> but uh, just before they wrap it up, uh, Kellerman has one final wish for Oscar De La Hoya. But I'm, I want to tell you right now that I hope that as a promoter, you live up to that legacy that you set as a fighter. And whatever the business interests are, you make that Triple G and Canelo well, fight happen in 2017. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. And I will I will put my promoter's license on the line. That's what that's what I wanted to hear, Oscar. I wanted to make sure that we ended this segment with you promising boxing fans. We will see Triple G versus Canelo Alvarez in 20 in 2017. Is that do I have your word on that, sir? You have my word. And Canelo is not afraid of Triple G September. No, We're hoping he signs the contract and it will happen. Very stupidly of me, I did not get this part of the audio, but uh, De La Hoya said that he would be willing to put his promoter's license on the line for this, if this fight did not happen. I don't think that he really means that. 
he that's just more hyperbole and rhetoric to show how quote unquote serious he is about making the fight. But uh, that's my analysis of this uh, of this little spin cycle that Oscar De La Hoya likes to put the media through. Moving on, this Saturday we will once again turn the page in the legend or rather the history of a boxing legend as Bernard Hopkins born January 15th 1965 currently aged 51 will be taking on Joe Smith Jr. who was born in 1989 for those of you who just don't know Hopkins started his career in 1988. Yeah, October 11th, 1988, in a four-round bout against Clinton Mitchell, who was also making his pro debut, Hopkins lost a majority decision. And yet, somehow, he continued, he persevered, Despite all the naysayers, he has become a living legend. He used to tout himself as such, and it's hard to deny it at this point. 51 years old, going up against a guy who is old enough to be his son. It's weird. It's kind of like, wait a minute. When Bernard Hopkins was fighting, Ronald Reagan was still president. He didn't have much longer to go, but... uh, Wow, that's uh, that's really something. And here we are in 2016, and in what he says will be the final fight of his career. And keep in mind, he said the same thing 10 years ago when he was going to move up and fight Antonio Tarver, just so you know. But uh, no, he insists, this is it, this is the end. He is going up against the hard-hitting Joe Smith Jr., who has a record of 22 wins, one loss, 18 wins coming by way of knockout. That uh, one loss was early in his career, all the way back in 2010. He lost by a TKO, but he really put himself on the map uh, this past June when he knocked out uh, Andre Fanfara in the first round. Uh, Just a stunning, brutal knockout, a 10-round fight, probably... A strong contender for upset of the year, but uh, I don't think it truly is. But regardless, now Joe Smith Jr. has the uh, the honor of being the final opponent of Bernard Hopkins' legendary career. I think this is once again going... To, see, the last time I picked Bernard Hopkins, that was in his fight against Sergei Kovalev. And he lost every round on uh, every judge's scorecard when I said that Hopkins was going to give Kovalev a 12-round boxing lesson. Yeah, that not one of my better predictions, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but uh, against the 27-year-old uh, Joe Smith Jr., I think that Hopkins, for the last time, will be able to turn back the clock... Uh, Joe Smith Jr.'s had only 73 rounds of experience. Hopkins has had a total of six, or sorry, 506 rounds. So 
I regardless, I think that Bernard Hopkins is going to dictate the pace of this fight, and Hopkins is great at uh, taking away your strength and uh, just neutralizing whatever tactics you have. I think that this is going to be a uh, not similar to the Kelly Pavlik fight because a lot of people were picking Kelly Pavlik to win that fight, myself included. That was back in 2008, believe it or not. But uh, yeah, I think this is just going to be a great way for Hopkins to leave the sport, dominating a young, hungry fighter when he's the old man who everybody thinks, you know, shouldn't you have retired a long time ago? Not quite. No, uh, I hope he's. I hope he does stay retired, if this is true. But uh, Hopkins, currently with a record of 55 wins, 7 losses, 2 draws, 32 wins coming by way of knockout. Uh, easily... Easily a first ballot Hall of Famer. I think that uh, I think that he's earned his retirement. I really hope that he uh, stays a part of Golden Boy. And uh, yeah, I wish him all the best, Bernard. You don't need to keep fighting, especially at age two, which will be taking, or rather, which is what will be uh, happening next month. But uh, good luck. And uh, enjoy retirement. You've certainly earned it. Moving on. In a little bit of breaking news, this is coming in from the Omaha World Herald in Omaha, Nebraska. Duh. Terrence Crawford, the unified WBC-WBO super lightweight uh, champion, just five days removed from his uh, TKO victory over John Molina Jr., has been sentenced to 50 days in jail. This is stemming from a uh, incident at a body shop where Crawford and several friends, associates, showed up and tried to take a car after Crawford had failed to uh, pay the full amount for a paint job. Uh, according to the uh, <clears throat> according to the Omaha World Herald, quote, five days after he knocked out opponent. In eight rounds, world boxing champion Terrence Bud Crawford was sentenced to 50 days in jail in Douglas County Court. In court Thursday, Douglas County Judge Marcena Hendricks told Crawford, quote, You've continued to act as if you are above the law, and you are not, unquote. In September, Hendricks convicted the 29-year-old on two of three misdemeanors, guilty of property damage and disorderly conduct, and not guilty of another, trespassing. He had faced a maximum of five of a $500 fine and up to six months in jail on each misdemeanor charge. The, uh, okay, so it says here that uh, Extreme Custom Fleet and Auto at North 56th Street and Sorensen Parkway had performed a $2,500 paint job and other work on a 1984 Chevrolet Monte Carlo that Crawford had planned to give to a nephew. Crawford put up half that amount as a down payment, but refused to pay the rest after complaining about the quality of the work and the extended time, six months, that the vehicle had been in owner Michael Nelson's garage. Crawford and a few friends came to the shop last April and told Nelson that they were taking the car. That declaration led to the confrontation, which resulted in $3,300 damage to a hydraulic lift. Oh, things were going so well for Terrence Crawford. If I recall correctly, 
in 2014, he was my pick for Fighter of the Year. There were serious talks of him being a future opponent for Manny Pacquiao, should Pacquiao decide to continue with his career, and now he screws it up like this. Oh, good God. I, I wish I knew what was going through his head when this happened, and uh, according to the uh, Omaha World Herald, there is box or not sorry there is video footage of this incident taking place uh according to this it's a 28 minute incident with and it was played uh at court and it is uh unfortunately i've not been able to find the video online but regardless not really good for terence crawford especially especially after such a good year he dominated all of his opposition with uh, with great ease, I should add. I mean, he did not make this look difficult for uh, himself or anybody else. Uh, so, there he goes, 50 days in jail. Now, will this have a huge impact on his career? Well, that depends. Is he still going to be acting the way he did when this incident took place is he still going to be hanging around people who actually encourage this type of idiotic behavior who knows but uh when you've got a record of 30 wins no losses no draws 21 ko's you're an undefeated world champion who's won titles in several weight classes or two anyway but who cares you've defeated some very worthy competition uh this is the worst thing worst thing that can happen to you especially when you're young you know youngish 29 years old and the sad thing is at 29 years old you should really know better you should really know better so hopefully things will turn around for terrence crawford and uh he can say you know what that was a dumb part or dumb part of my life but uh i've moved beyond that i'm a better man now that's all we can hope for him in 2017 moving on as some of you may or may not know, I am not the biggest fan of Floyd Mayweather Jr. Shock and awe, I, I know that. But one thing that I did admire about him, this year anyway, was that when he retired, he stayed retired. There were never any teases about him coming back. He never, you know, looked at you know never put out some tweet that said hey you know like how would a fight against this guy look the closest that anybody ever came and i'm not gonna be talking about conor mcgregor quite yet was when adrian broner uh you know called out floyd after beating i think it was ashley theophane or something like that but regardless regardless i honest to god thought that floyd did the right thing by not teasing any comebacks this year and i also really admired him for saying to people you know what stop using my name to propel your own career stop you know all these up-and-coming fighters stop saying i want to fight floyd i want to fight floyd he's retired if i were in the position of like i don't know let's just say i'm 29 and one and i've won two titles I'm modest that way. I gave myself that one loss, but everybody knows I should have gotten that. <laughs> Let's just say if I was a fighter in a position similar to that, I would not be calling out Floyd Mayweather. And if anybody asks, Andrew, how come you're not calling out Floyd? Don't you want to fight him? 
I would say, well, he's retired. He said he's he's retired. What what good does it do me wanting to fight somebody who's retired? Why don't I just say that I want to fight Ray Leonard or Thomas Earns? I mean, sure, they they probably can still fight, but they're retired. So piss off with talking about Floyd. And I really respected Floyd saying that a bunch of fighters were trying to piggyback off his legacy. You know, he retired in September of 2015, and he stayed away. Let him play with Mayweather Promotions. But now we've got Conor McGregor, who's that uh, Irish loudmouth from the UFC. Uh, He apparently has a California boxing license. Where the hell is he going with this? And I'm not doing myself or you guys any favors by talking about them, but can we just stop with this? I really want boxing sites to kind of stop covering Conor McGregor. Like it's actually some news. Like, oh wow, this UFC versus boxing fight is going to happen. Conor McGregor are going, uh, Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather are going to fight. No. It is not going to happen. Even Dana White, the guy who thinks he's the biggest star of the UFC, and he's just the promoter, he says, nope, it's not going to happen. So what if McGregor got a California boxing license? Let him actually have some fights. Then we can talk about having a title fight. Not with Floyd Mayweather, because you, you guys need to remember, Floyd needs to agree to fight Conor McGregor for that fight to actually take place. It's not like you can just grab a guy and be like, okay, we're fighting, let's go. Come on. Let's be a bit smarter than this. And guess what? Like, he's got a a California boxing license. Who gives a crap? Do, Do any of us? He failed trying to get a boxing license in Nevada. Which would have allowed him to fight in Vegas, which is where all of Mayweather's fights have taken place. Well, all the big ones. Like, all of his last major boxing fights uh, took place in Las Vegas. So, come on. Just be a bit smarter. Build your own legacy. Stop trying to piggyback off Floyd's. Be better in 2017. Moving on. Speaking of being better, it looks like that uh, that that might be in store for the heavyweight division. Uh, it was announced very recently that Anthony Joshua, who holds the IBF World Heavyweight Title, will be fighting former heavyweight champion Vladimir Klitschko. This is going to be happening at the end of April of 2017. Very very excited about this fight. This is a real 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 crossroads fight. Um, I'm more excited about this than I was about the potential between a a rematch of uh, Klitschko and Fury. And I'm not excited about that because, well, Tyson Fury... Oh, oh, I'm sorry, allergies. Um, Tyson Fury... I'm so sorry. It is winter here in Calgary after all. But Tyson Fury, uh, yeah, he's out of the picture. Might be forever. Who cares? Good riddance to him, I say. But we've got uh, Vladimir Klitschko, who lost uh, the decision to Tyson Fury in his last fight. That was his first loss in, I think, 11 years. 
something like that. Yeah, it, his previous loss had been in 2004. But he says that he's more motivated now and that the loss to uh, Tyson Fury was a wake-up call to him and that he's very motivated for a fight against Anthony Joshua. And, oh, Anthony Joshua, 18 wins, no losses, 18 wins by way of knockout. Now, I remember how last year we were all excited when Tyson Fury won, and I'll admit, I was too. I thought the potential for an exciting new era of heavyweight boxing was really starting, but then Tyson fell off the wagon a few times. Um, uh, I can't remember. Deontay Wilder, you know, the fights that he was fighting, okay, yeah, he's knocking guys out, but it's nothing really to get excited about. But now the potential of other big fights in, in the division. Like, uh, imagine if Anthony Joshua, imagine if he knocks out Vladimir Klitschko. That's the end of Klitschko's career and, you know, might not be a bad thing. Klitschko is 41. So that's the end for him. Imagine a fight between Anthony Joshua and uh, Deontay Wilder. That would be huge. That'd be great for the division. And... No, I'm I'm really looking forward to that fight. Who am I leaning towards right now? I got to go with Joshua, mainly because uh, younger guy just looks phenomenal each time he does fight. Klitschko, he didn't fight uh, this year. In fact, this is his longest period of inactivity, if I recall correctly. Um, he di- oh he just he did not look good in that fight against. Tyson Fury. Now, was that a matter of lack of motivation? Was he not motivated to fight Tyson Fury? Was he old? Did, did he just like get old in the fight? Had he just been fighting too many easy stiffs up until that point? Who knows? But this is going to be a final chance to see if he really does have it, if he can still be the main man in the division or if it's time for a new era of heavyweight boxing to begin now that he's going to be exiting it. And keep in mind, who knows, Klitschko might want to continue it even if he loses, but I sincerely doubt he will. He's probably made a lot of money in his life and his career. But uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that fight. I hope that can be a huge... uh, Huge boost for heavyweight boxing because God knows they needed it in 2016. They didn't get it. Um, I hope that Klitschko and Joshua, that there are no big problems. I hope that the winner gets a fight with Deontay Wilder. Uh, Berman Stavern versus Alexander Povetkin. Uh, Stavern better not expect to get a decision in Russia. Good God. I mean... I, I know that the media keeps going back and forth on whether or not they like Russia or not, but uh, yeah, I, ju- I just wouldn't trust them to be fair or impartial in this. That's just my opinion. And uh, as for Tyson Fury, I hope he learns what Mr. Mackey taught in the uh, South Park movie. You can do it. It's all up to you. With a little plan, you can change your life today. You don't have to spend your life addicted to smack Homeless on the streets giving handjobs for crack Follow my plan and very soon you will say It's easy and good God, that's such a good movie. Anyway, moving on to the last bit of news for this podcast. Oh, the weather outside is frightful. 
but the fire is so delightful. And since we've no place to go, make it so, make it so, make it so. Man, it doesn't show signs of stopping. And I brought me some tea, Grey Hot. Now, this would be the part of the podcast where, in past years, I've offered gift suggestions for that boxing fan who is either a friend or a family member. But, uh, well, the truth is, I don't have a whole slew of new boxing material to go over for this Christmas. And also, we've only got 10 days to go to finish your shopping, people. Come on. Like, you, you should have gotten ahead way before this. I mean, if you're waiting for me to get help for Christmas shopping, shame on you. Or, I don't know, do something like convert to Judaism. But either way, uh... I do know that I am getting one boxing book this year. It is called The Murder of Sonny Liston. It is currently sitting wrapped underneath my tree. And you're probably wondering, well, how the hell do you know that you got that? Well, it's because I tell people what I want for Christmas. And then they're like, great, I got it for you. And I say, hooray. You know, I've decided to remain, you know, in contact with you for the remainder of the year. And... Well, into Christmas next year, but regardless, um, I want to take this time to really apologize for the quality of the podcast this past year. I I tried my best to stay motivated, and at times I was pretty hard. I've had growing responsibilities at work, and as you all know, with great responsibility comes great power. Or is that the other way around? But regardless, um, I am going to be doing my damnedest to keep up with the podcast. I don't want these to uh, turn into a once a month affair like they kind of did this year. I want to keep doing them every two weeks if I can. And the truth is, I don't want to do a podcast if there's nothing worth talking about. Um, as you saw, I can I can stretch a lot of material out. You. You heard me with Oscar De La Hoya. I mean, all we need for him to do is just do more interviews, uh, spinning the truth, and trust me, I'll have enough material for several episodes. But even if he doesn't, uh, it's not his responsibility to give me material. I'm going to be uh, doing my damnedest, as I said, to keep bringing you uh, content that you enjoy. And more frequently, I am going to try to do at least two a month if I can. I'm going to try incredibly hard. Uh, that's all I can really hope for myself, but I really want to thank you, the listeners, who keep tuning in uh, each time a podcast irregularly comes out. I know that sometimes it can be difficult, but uh, we really want to change that for 2017, and we hope that you'll stick with us as we go through those changes. Anyway, that's all we have for you this week and this year. Uh, Stay tuned to the Boxing for Free website. We are going to be continuing to post those daily uh, history clips, as I like to call them. The uh, This Day in Boxing History, I'm having a lot of fun doing that, finding great fights or great highlight clips of fighters to show you. Uh, Really enjoying that. There are a few really good ones coming up, including Archie Moore's uh, first title win. Well, he only won one title, but still, it, it, he finally wins a title against Joey Maxim. Uh, I've watched it. Very good quality. So uh, I hope you enjoy that and all the other fights we got coming up for you. We are also going to be uh, 
into the new year, our best of 2016. That's not a lot to choose from, quite honestly. But you know what? We're still going to put that out anyway. Uh, We're looking forward to putting it out, and we hope you look forward to it as well. Anyway, that's all we have for you this week and this year. We hope you enjoyed the latest edition of the Boxing for Free podcast. You can find us online at www.boxingforfree.com. That's boxing, the number four, free.com. Twitter.com slash boxingforfree. Be like Eris Lundy Lara, Robert Guerrero, Berman Stavern, Miller Zizek, Adonis Stevenson, Glenn Johnson. Wow, that's a lot of famous boxers. And hundreds of others. And follow us on Twitter. Go to youtube.com slash boxingforfree. And like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash Boxing for Free page. You can subscribe on iTunes, Podbean, and several other podcast directories. If you use iTunes, give us a review and let everyone know that the Boxing for Free podcast is your source for boxing news and commentary. I'm Andrew Schweitzer. Thank you for listening, and we hope you tune in next time.